without further ado, we're going to go right into conversation. You know, Ali and I and Sal. Yeah, we, we, we go back uh, a few decades. Yeah. Can I say that? Decades? I think yeah. we can. Yeah. yeah. 22 <laughs> years. 22 years, yeah. I don't think there's a conference we've been to that Ali wasn't there. And uh, we didn't connect uh, more so than just in person, but heart. Um, we're like from the same tribe, yeah. I think, you, you know, yeah. For sure. And um, we're after his presence. Mm. And I think that's what really has binded us together all these years. And, uh, and we're excited to have you home. I mean, I love Ali. When I'm with him, I love you my guys. heart just uh, rejoices just because, um, I, you know, just because of who he is, who God has created him to do. Uh, but uh, also, I just, I don't want to... Um, undermine in any way I don't want to take for granted the favor that's upon his life. I mean, he's been coming out to New York City from New Jersey for the last, I don't know how many days. About 40 days. 40 days. 40. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the favor that um, uh, he has received in the streets from the, some of the uh, protesters, some of the uh, cops. Uh, I mean, he's really, he has caught blanche. I think we could almost say you almost have the key to the city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so bless God. God is good. God is good. So I want to thank God for that. I mean, it's amazing. And thank you for coming into the city and um, just praying, yeah. just being obedient to what God is saying. And uh, yeah. And, and he's got amazing testimony. So I can't wait to hear really all the things that God has done. So yeah. So go ahead. Let's go. I love the stable setting. Uh, you know, uh, I like this. I, I do want to just say I um I love you guys. Like they said, I've known these guys for 22 years um, when they were youth pastors at another local church. Um, and we've been running together, and um, they've truly been like spiritual parents of mine. I have many, but they've truly been, you know, a mom and a dad to me. And um, I'm just so grateful for you guys. I mean, you guys have seen me through the good, bad, the ups and downs, and yeah. you've you've carried me through prayer and through love and support. And um, yeah, you've just always been, they've always been champions of me and the presence of God. And just, you know, I thank you. And so thank you for having me here today. Yeah. And Amen. Bill and Tammy, love you guys. Yeah. And just this, this whole J-Hop community, I mean, I know it's a lot of, you know, new kids on a block, but you're still family. But I was here from the early days when right. we traveled from the Y to Chambers. And, you know, yeah. actually, even before it all started, when you guys had the, the dream in your heart when the Lord spoke it. And so it's just this is just a home away from home. Like if I, I always say if I wasn't at resting place, this is where I would be. And I love this house. So thank love you it. so much for having me here. You know, you. there's nothing like hosting his presence and that's our heart's desire. We feel that so much happens in the presence of God. It's where our hearts get wrecked most of all by Jesus himself through the Holy Spirit that we truly become sons and daughters of the Most High God, that we we encounter him. And, and for me personally, it's been hard. It's been hard not coming together these last several months because I love his presence so much. I love what his presence does to us. I love that it, it it goes into heart surgery without us even knowing it, right. that we can come right. in one way, but we're leaving another way because yeah, his yeah, presence yeah. Jesus, comes. Jesus. And I, I just, I want to ask some questions to Ali about what he's been feeling 
as an African-American man here in New York City and, and loving on people, those that he may disagree with and those that he loves, and, and pastoring um, resting place as well. So here's one. Let's start with the first question. <laughs> Ali, are you hopeful for the future? Yes. Listen, yes. Listen, we we have to be hopeful, um, especially believers. Um, I'm reminded of a, a statement I heard, um, and I mentioned this to you guys the other day um, from Papa Lou Engel, and you guys know Papa Lou, but he said to the to the one with the most hope has the most authority, and um, we're supposed to have the most hope as believers. And so I am so hopeful, no matter what it looks like right now, the Lord um, gave me a scripture, and that's what I've been clinging to, and that's what I've been hoping on to, is Isaiah 60. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises on you. It talks about um, darkness covers the earth, even deep darkness to people, but the glory of the Lord will arise upon you. And so there's darkness covering our earth right now, and even people deep darkness, but there's a hope that's coming and there's a glory that's going to be even greater. And so I feel like where I'm at in this hour, as one who feels like I'm infused with the most hope, I have the most authority to shift things in our nation. We have authority. Even we were singing early in that worship about dry bones coming alive. And I just started prophesying over the dry bones in New York City. You know, Ezekiel 37, son of man, can these bones live? prophesy and so we are called as the body of christ to prophesy life and hope into dead things into situations that look hopeless and so yes i am hopeful amen <laughs> and i'm Good feeling answer. i'm feeling the atmosphere shift yeah. you know when ali was sharing that with me this week i was a little hopeless but after he spoke, I felt hopeful. And that's why we need the encouragement of the body. Because Jesus himself knew that we would go through this. But he said, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. When we fellowship like this, when we have these conversations, we need to stir each other up. Right. Because sometimes my tank too gets really empty. And I know that the presence and most of all the living word of God begins to confront my carnal thinking mm, and mm. it forces me to put down my fleshly ways right. so that I can be resurrected with Christ again right. so Ali thank you That's thank good. you for thank stirring you, it up yeah. all right here's question number two <laughs> what would you encourage the body of Christ to meditate on daily to help unify us in the faith uh, I mean I would encourage the body of Christ to, I would say, to meditate on scriptures of, of, of unity, of the heart of God, you know, of the presence of God. Um, I, one of the things, and I'm going to get into it a little later, but um, the way that I'm, the way that I, um, you know, think about unity and is I ask the Lord to search me. And wherever there's things within my own heart of division or anything that would separate me from my brother and sister, whatever's in my own heart. And, and that's what I, I say. Meditate on the word of God, asking the Lord to search you. You know, Psalms 139 says, um, and I think 
about 24th verse, it, you know, search me, O oh God, and know my ways. You know, and that's the way. There's so much disunity and division right now in the earth. And so I think one of the ways that we could walk in unity is by asking God to search us first. Lord, remove anything in me that separates. But then meditating one of the scriptures that we've been praying for years that we love at Rest in Place is Psalms 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together. If you see something that's not happening, you respond in the opposite spirit. And so, like, that's a great scripture. You know what I mean? The Lord commands a blessing and life forevermore when we walk together in unity. And so uh, that's a great scripture. John 17, you know, Father, I desire that we would be one. Find scriptures. Find those, those in the word that talk about unity and begin to meditate and declare them and prophesy. And so that's what I do. But Psalms 133 is one of my favorites, you know, and I, I've been praying that right now in this season because it's so much division, but I'm hopeful. Amen. I'm still hopeful. I know God's going to turn this thing around, people of God. He, and to the one who has the most hope has the most authority. And so we are called to shift this thing. And so, yeah. Can you share maybe an instance where, like, uh, you went into the city and you have some opposition and then, you know, you came in the opposite spirit and all of a sudden things changed? Right. So I'm actually, there's so many stories that I could, it's so many testimonies. Um, there is, I, I am going to be working on a, a video soon to really share a lot of these stories. And, and um, so that's coming out soon, but I will tell you about one that just recently happened, which was probably about two or three days ago. Um, there was a young man who now, I've been in the city for about 40 days, and I've been um, um, marching with the protesters, but I've been prayer walking. The Lord called me on an assignment to come and minister to broken, hurting people. And so as, as Jules said earlier, um, you know, I had people hit me up. How are you marching with them? You know, they believe that. I said, I might not agree with everything, but I'm on an assignment to bring his kingdom, to bring healing, to bring unity, to bring the love of God. And and I've, I've been doing that through prayer. I've also been doing that through um, serving. I've been serving pizza. Every day we come out and we serve the protesters pizza and snacks. And, you know, we feed them as well. And if you know anything about me, you know I love food. But... But um, I've, um, I've been feeding them and just ministering to them. But there's a young man, and this is a really cool story. There's a young man who every day during the march, whenever we go by a bunch of policemen, he'll walk in front of them and he start video, you know, videotaping. Them. And then um, he just starts shouting um, just negative things against the police. And so... Um, a few weeks ago, I tried to talk to him, and I, I really couldn't get through to him. And just, I, I think it was like two days ago, I was out of Washington Square Park. with Sunday, I think, yeah, Friday. I think it was two days ago. And um, he came by, and he was like, yeah, you know, I got another video of the cops. And, and then all of a sudden, I just started ministering. And I was like, hey, man, I said, you know, I know you agree that there's some good cops as well, right? They're not all bad. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, how do you know who's good and bad if you're going by the cops every every day and you're shouting out things against them? And, and he was like, well, I don't. And I just noticed that he started softening. And I was like, you know, bro, we can't, you know, we can't fight hate with hate. 
You know what I mean? We have to move in the opposite spirit. So if the cops are are moving in this hatred that you feel, then we gotta respond in love towards them. That's the only way this thing is gonna heal. And he was like, yeah, you're right. And he just started listening. And his name is Jeremiah. And so I was like, um, bro, I said, your name's in the Bible. You know that, right? He was like, yeah, I heard that. And then I was like, but you're a prophetic voice in this generation. And then I start prophesying to him and I take my phone and I go to description Jeremiah and I was like, Danny, uh, I'm Jeremiah. I was like, because I, I was calling him Danny, but I found out his real name. I don't know why I was saying, here I said Danny, but uh, Jeremiah is his name. And so I was like, Jeremiah, I was like, um, bro, I pray for you. I do. I said, every time I see you, I said, you are such a voice. And he was like, um, I pray every night. And so I was like, listen, I'm going to give you some homework tonight. I said, I want you to go home and I want you to pray for the policeman. I said, there is so much anger in you towards the cops, and I, I feel you. I said, will you do that? He's like, you know what, Pastor, I will. Because they know me. I'm like the pastor of the, the community out here in Washington Square Park and the protesters. And it, it's so funny because just even the other day, I broke up a fight in the middle of like Washington Square Park with some of them. I like stepped in the middle. And it's like, here's Pastor, and I'm breaking up a fight. And it's just so funny when you see me here. I'm in my fedora, my shirt, you know, right in the middle of like these protesters. They got like paint on their face and all that stuff. But, um, God has really called me in the midst of these people, and I have fallen in love with them. And I don't, like Jules was saying, I don't agree with everything that they stand for, but there's such purpose and destiny over their lives. And we're called to bring hope to them. We're called to bring Christ to them. You know what I mean? And so that, that's my assignment. And so anyway, that, the story with Jeremiah I just thought it was a powerful one because I've seen over these last like 30 plus days just the hatred he had in his heart towards the cop. He actually made an Instagram video of like the cops, like when he walks by them and he's always shouting things. And so just to hear him say, I'm going to pray for them. And just his heart was softening to me. I mean, it was two people with me from resting place. And we just watched this young man who's been so hard. And he also was like, you know, then as I started getting his story, he lost his father 10 years ago. He feels all alone. There's such a fatherlessness. There's a brokenness in this young man. And I'm like, oh, and I'm listening to him. And I was like, you know, bro, um, God's just restored me and my dad's relationship. And, you know, I'm just talking with him and just encouraging him. And so anyway, I am out there in these streets bringing words of life. And so that one there was just real dear because it was an, it's just happened two days ago. You know what I mean? That's awesome. But, you know, it's also um, that you develop a relationship with him, right. you know, before he was able to receive from you. Right. You know, so it's important to just understand what people are going through and uh, just be there, be a listening ear and, um, uh, yeah, and then just let God lead you. You know, we can't change people, right. but God can. Right. And, you know, if we listen to God and listen to what he's saying and allow him to use us, yeah, and then we're going to see change. We're going to see uh, a restoration. We're going to see healing. Right. We're going to see forgiveness. I mean, the list goes on and on because and, God is good. And, you yeah. know, the other thing, too, with Danny, like, there's some people... Jeremiah, right here. I'm calling. I keep calling him Danny. I have no clue. I, you know, and, and it's funny because when he walked by, I was like, I gotta ask him if there's a Danny in his family or if that's his middle name because I just can't stop calling him Danny. But Jeremiah, um, there's some time, especially what's happening in this hour, that you have to just sit and listen. You know what I mean? And so that's what I did over the last thirty days. And I, we would walk together, and he would say things, and. And I just waited for the right time. And the other day, I just felt the Holy Spirit 
say now is the time to minister to him. And I did, you know what I mean? And so sometimes we're just so quick with trying to give an answer or trying to give a, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. And, and I've just been out there just loving and waiting for the right time. And little by little, Holy Spirit is saying, okay, now is the time for that person. There was this one young lady and she's been hurting so much. She's been on that bullhorn. I'm like, we're going to get to her. And finally, one of our girls got to her, you know, weeks later and start ministering to her. And one day she started crying and just opening up. It's about how broken she was. And she was kicked out of the house when she was 14. I mean, there is stories behind sometimes this hurt and brokenness. And we got we to gotta be careful with our response to it. Don't be quick to like judge or don't be quick to like give an opinion. You know, sometimes we, we gotta be, what do they say? Slow to, slow to speak and, and quick to listen. We have to do that and then say, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me. When am I to say something and, and give me the words of life? You know what I mean? That's so good. You know, Ali, I, you spoke about father heart issues, you know, what people have been going through. Can you share a little bit about your own story of what you experienced throughout the years and being in relationship with people in the body of Christ and how God was healing your heart personally. Would you like to share? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it, for sake of time, it's, it's such a long story, but I, <laughs> I um, and, and I'm so detailed, and I mean, we could be here, but I'm looking at the clock over here, making sure. But um, I, I grew up, um, in a home with a, a father who was present, but not present. So my dad was there with us, but he wasn't. And you know, I remember somebody saying to me in the past, a young man who didn't have his father, he's like, you don't really know what it's like to not have your father there. My father walked out on us, but I think sometime it could be worse for, I mean, I'm not downplaying his situation, but you know, when your father is present, but not present, you know, when he's there and you, and then he shows no love and you don't have no access to him. And so anyway, I grew up just with a real broken, hurting, you know, heart because my dad wasn't there for us. And, you know, I see my dad do so many things um, to my mom, you know, he would cheat on my mom and just he was just verbally abusive to us. And, you know, I've just had a broken just such. I mean, I can go so deep with the story, but. Um, he just wasn't there. And so because of that, I just had so much hurt and anger and bitterness in my heart towards my dad over the years. And and there was times where I would have little breakthroughs. You know, I remember Toronto was one of the first places, the Toronto Revival, where um, we know Jack Frost, who went home to be with the Lord. Um, and he did a Father Heart session. Some of you guys might know him. Some of you might not. More of the newbies might not know him. I'm like an old head now. Because when you guys knew me, I was like a teenager. And now, like, I'm like almost in my 40s. I hear, like, once you hit 30, like, you're really old now. Um, that's what they said. I just heard that the other day. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, if you hit 30 and you're old, then I'm almost 40. I'm probably, like, buried now. or like, really deep down. I, I, yeah, I don't know. That's what I was told the other day from a kid in the park. I was like, oh, my goodness. But Jesus, I guess why I got to prophesy life, life, dry bones come alive. You know what I mean? Jesus, <laughs> sorry, please don't be offended out there. Um, if you, you know. But um, <laughs> anyway, so um, dad and I ha have had a really broken relationship over the years and, and I've, I've had many breakthroughs, but um, it wasn't until um, this year that 
And my dad is a, he is a hard man. I mean, he is stubborn and, oh my goodness, you know what I mean? I just, you can never get through to this man. And But you know what? The funny thing is, um, my dad has been hurt from his dad. A lot of times it's generational. A lot of times it goes down and, and I, the Lord started like almost giving me like this grace for my dad as hard as it was. He was like, look at it. Your dad, my dad wanted his dad's approval and love and affection and his dad wasn't there. And then my dad's dad ended up getting killed when he was younger and you know, it just was like this whole thing my mom was sharing with me one day. And so anyway, you know, she always says sometimes like hurt people hurt people. Like sometimes when you're hurting, you don't realize, but you can hurt others. And so anyway, that was the thing with my dad. But during um, during the quarantine time, um, my dad um, came down with COVID and he got really sick. And I live with my mom and dad. And um, prior to this, I would say uh, Back in like November, we had a really bad falling out, me and my dad, and I left the house for like a month or two. I don't know if y'all knew that. Did I tell y'all? I didn't tell y'all that. Cause I usually try to tell him a lot of things, but I don't know if I told y'all that. I think I somewhat kept, kept that one. Cause there was some embarrassment and shame a little bit connected to it. I'm now being really open, but I left the house for like two months and went and stayed in like a hotel <laughs> where I have like all these friends. I probably could have called y'all and y'all would let me stay in one of the bedrooms there. But anyway, I was just really hurting, broken. Something happened at the house with my mom and dad and she's my everything. And um, she's such a good woman. I love her so much, my mom. And, um, and so anyway, me and my dad got into it and this was like last year. And so it just, I was just had so much anger and stuff in my heart towards this man. Anyway, the quarantine time happened and we had to spend so much time together. You know what I mean? And um and then dad ended up getting sick. And then dad ended up going into the hospital and and then we almost lost dad. And so during that time, God really started to work on my heart towards this man and started to put this supernatural it was the holy spirit because apart from the holy spirit you can't do it in your own strength and the whole yeah and the holy spirit just started to work on my heart towards my dad and he would call every day and 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 um i was the one that called 911 to get my dad to the hospital because he was laying on the floor and he's like, Holly, I can't breathe. I don't know what's happening. Because they sent dad home because he originally went into the hospital for a few days and they said he didn't have it, but he did. And then I ended up calling 911. And so anyway, he was calling the house every day and he was talking to us on FaceTime because we couldn't go visit him and that was really hard. And But anyway, God just started to soften my heart towards my dad. And the Lord started to deal with me towards the bitterness, towards the anger. Because my dad is such a hard man. Like, I've never heard him say, like, I love you, Ali, or will you forgive me, or I'm sorry for what I've ever done. He just, like, even if he's done something wrong and, like, it's brought to his attention, he, he'd be like, oh, well. Like, he just was that type of man. And so I can't even remember when, but I, I remember one day I was just in just the presence of God in my house and the Lord just started to grip my heart towards this man and I started just like repenting and saying Lord I'm you know sorry like cleanse me work on me 
for the things that I had in my heart. You know, I haven't really been a good son. Like I haven't really, you know, represented you well because I'm like a pastor and a believer and he's not walking with the Lord. And I have all these things in my heart towards him. Like I need to be a better example. And so anyway, the Holy Spirit started to shine a light on me, but I felt the kindness of God. It's his kindness, right? The word says that leads to repentance. So, you know, I know some people, God comes to them as this strong, like, you know, righteous judge, I guess. And that's, but whenever the Lord even deals with me, I always feel his goodness. And even if he's dealing with things in me, it's because he's trying to draw me closer. So when he's trying to remove things that hinder love, it's because he's saying, Ali, I want to draw you near to me. I want you close. I'm not pointing these things out because I'm telling you you're a bad guy. These things are separating you and me. These things are separating you and people. So let me remove those things that hinder love to draw you near. And so anyway, God started dealing with my heart towards my dad. And, you know, we would talk every day. He would FaceTime. He he called me Moo. I don't really even know how I got the, the nickname Moo, to be honest with you. What's up, Moo? What's up, Moo? Whatever. Why? I don't know. But um, so I was like... I gotta find out. So I was like, "What's up, Dad?" And you know, he started saying, "Thank you for you, you saved my life. You you got me here. You got me to the hospital in time. You saved my life." He started just talking. I felt like softening. God started to soften him, but I felt like it was because he started softening me first. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes we want the other person who's wronged us, and sometimes the Lord's like, "I want to work in you first. I want to do a work in you." And that's what I felt like the Lord started doing a work in me. And so I just really started getting this heart and love for my dad. And so um, he was in the hospital. And then this one day he called me and he says, Ali, I'm, I, think, I think this is it. I, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time breathing. The oxygen wasn't working. And if you, know, you guys know, it started affecting your breathing. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm losing it, Ali. I just don't know if I could make it. And I was like, you can make it. And, and um, I just started interceding for him. And that night we did that was our first like live. We had did a live at Rest in Place that night, um, and I went to the house and I started praying and calling out my dad's name. And you know, anyway, long story short, dad pulled through that night. Praise God, he pulled through that night. He just he just knew that it was it for him. And you know, my mom was crying. You know, we just all were struggling because we couldn't be there with him. But anyway, the Lord started to really deal with my heart. And that night when I left Rest in Place, I'm getting a phone call on my phone from my dad's and I'm like, this is either the nurse telling me he's gone or something. And he calls me, he's like, Holly, call a nurse station. It's, it's too hot in this room. And I'm like, I'm like, you're still alive. You know, he wanted me cause the nurse wasn't answering or whatever. But anyway, he was like, thank you so much. He was like, I love you. Thank I'm like, what? He's like, I love you so much. You have just been there for me. I love you. And I'm like, I've been longing for this Lord for so many years. You know what I mean? I just, you know what I mean? And if you know anything about me, like I'm a real father heart guy, although like, my father is, you know, I've not really had the best relationship there. Like, I'm, I, I really am, like, just a love, like, I love people and stuff like that. And, and so, anyway, I just always wanted to hear that from my dad. And, um, you know what I mean? And so, anyway, from that point on, you know, God just had continued to work on our relationship. I went and picked him up from the hospital, the rehab, actually, because he went to the rehab after. Picked him up. And I've been taking care of him and mom. And I've just been loving him and you know, he went the other day to help me get a car and, you know, he's like, cause you've just been there for me. I want to help you. And, but anyway, the Lord has been 
restoring a 30-year broken relationship with a father and son. Thank you, Jesus. But it began with me. And that's the point I wanted to make. It began, the Holy Spirit started to deal with me, even though I was like, but he did this, but he did this, and I'm justified. You remember, Lord, when I was four years old, and, you know, he was cheating on mom when she went to work and brought women in. I I mean, I, I have a list of things that this man has done. But the Lord was like, but no, I want to work on you, Ollie, first. I want to work on you. And so anyway, I've, I've had an awakening. He's been working on me. And, and even since then, and I, I know for the sake of time, you know, we could be here all night. But I'm finding even now, guys, even into, and, and I'm, I know you have more questions, even into the, the racial tension and wars. Like, I'm finding myself going before the Lord, like, with anything that I'm having with a brother or a sister or anybody. And I'm, I'm actually asking the Lord to search me first. Lord, deal with me. Because at the end of the day, when I stand before the Lord, he's not going to justify unforgiveness and bitterness and anger because of what was done. He's going to ask me, did you learn to love, Ollie? Did you learn to forgive? Did you learn to, you know what I mean, to bless your brothers, to bless those who cursed you? You know what I mean? Did, and so anyway. Yeah, that, that's a good question to ask yourself and to ask ourselves, really. What is there something in my heart that I need to deal with? Right. You know, God, search my heart, you know, and... Uh, and just go before the Father. Go before the Father, the Heavenly Father, and ask Him, what's in my heart? What do I need to lay down? What is it sometimes preventing me from receiving uh, a healing? Right. Uh, from receiving, you know, I can only love based on what I've received. But if we have the fa- Heavenly Father and we received His love and we truly receive His love, then we can love better. Right. And, and I mean, that's what, and that's what happened here. We just heard in this testimony, um, you know, only when... It seems like you know, 30 years they tried the other way. And he says, you know what, I'm going to try. He allowed Heavenly Father to touch his heart and search his heart. And now all of a sudden, in a day, and a suddenly, things start changing. Right. Sometimes there was a, you know, there's a COVID issue to make this transition. But God can do anything he wants in the midst of anything. So, yeah, so let's go before God. I think we should... Um, yeah, that's a good challenge for me. Um, you know, even though sometimes I feel like, okay, I've been healed of this, but there's so many other things. Like, God wants to make us whole, every part of our body, every part of our soul, every part of our heart. So I don't think we can go, we can say, okay, well, I've been to the Father uh, this week three times, so I'm good with that. You know what? His arms open wide, um, and he's always ready and waiting for each and every one of us. And, you know, know it's funny because it is a, a daily thing at times. Now, just the other day, my dad. Now this is real. This is good because just the other day, dad said something to mom in the kitchen, and my heart. I went, wait, what? And I, you see what I'm saying? So although, so I, I have to say, I'm still being healed. You know what I mean? And I need to let folks know that. You know what I mean? Like, um, we're rejoicing and what I was just saying, which is great because that's the beginning steps. But I had to choose to keep my love on. And then I had to choose to say, okay, Lord, something triggered there again. You need to go. Seriously, I walked right up to my room and I just, you know, laid on the bed and I was like, okay, God, I I know you're working in me, but he just said something to her that reminded me when I was younger and it just triggered something again. So I realized I'm asking you to go deeper. Just go deeper, Lord. And I just, Holy Spirit, 
only you can do this because right now in the natural, I was I was ready to, to go up in that kitchen. You know what I mean? And I'm not a fighter. I always talk like I am. But, <laughs> you know, I said I'm from the hood. I moved out when I was five. But anyway, <laughs> but all that to say, um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. But God is good. And so, yeah, I started allowing him to go deeper. It's a process for sure. You know, when the disciples asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Right. And he said those words 70 times seven. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that could be just in one day. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Right. And I, I mean that. You know, sometimes right. <laughs> people could really unnerve you the whole day. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it could be your boss. It could be your hu- spouse. It could be your children. Yeah. It could be friends that are so close to you, roommates. Me? Me? Yes, no. you. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. But, you know, people that you love, yeah. people that you love can unnerve you. You know, th- they can say something that could be offensive. And yet Jesus says, forgive, right. forgive forgive he's always forgiving there's one scripture that the lord's just having me meditate on and it's psalm 103 and it says you kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all i've done you healed me inside and out from every disease you know and and it goes on and on about just god's loving kindness it says you're a god who makes things right giving justice to the defenseless. And it continues to go on that higher than the highest heavens, that's how high your tender mercy extends. I feel that like when we posture our hearts continually to forgive, to not keep a record of wrongs, to say, okay, God, in this hour, in this hour as a believer that This is happening in the world, but what is our responsibility right Right. now? How do we posture our hearts? We want to see transformation, and I believe it is at the communion table. And you said that you were receiving supernatural grace and forgiveness to let things go, and it was through communion. And and we're going to close with communion today. And I, I just... I I want to encourage the body of Christ, and actually I want you, uh, Ali, to encourage the body of Christ with um, a prayer about healing the wounds in the heart. And, and, and releasing that and, and making a declaration that there is woundings. We could be triggered every day by something else that's going on in the world. And we could be triggered from our own loved ones and we could be triggered by our enemies and jesus says but i want you to come to the table that he prepares a a place for you at the table and and i feel that we need to be proactive in this hour to have conversations but most of all to pray for one another to ask god to help us with forgiveness, to ask God to help us with no longer keeping a record of wrongs, but God, how can we make a difference now? And, And that's the hope that we need to release in this hour. Because I I just feel like all I keep seeing sometimes from the world is like another one's 
laundry is being aired out. You know, today is the day for this person, all the horrible things that they've done. Here it comes now. And I'm like, Jesus, you never do that. You never did that. You On the cross, you, you put on our unrighteousness and you, you became our righteous right. offering so that we can now be clothed in righteousness and not out of our own doing, but out of his doing. What a gift. And when we continually receive that, we can give it to others. Right. So Ali, is there anything else that you want to impart or declare over the body right now for this healing to just flow? Because I feel the power of the transformation, like you said, you experienced it. And even this week, just want to, I received a, um, a YouTube teaching from a sister in, in Christ, and, and the teaching had to do with, we need more fathers. We need more fathers. And this was our heart. Like, we, we want to keep releasing the father's heart to people. But if we ourselves are not healed up, how right. can we pray effectively? Like, can we pray effectively right. if we have father heart wounds in us? Like Ali, what would you say to that? Yeah, I um, well, you know, I wanted to read something, and I'm going to that as well. Um, it's actually a little um, statement that one of the the guys from this house had made. Um, I think it was Jamal. Mm -hmm. um, he spoke last week, mm -hmm. and I, I I caught the clip online. So Jamal, if you're watching, I'm I'm repeating part of your message because um, <laughs> you're not here but um i think it was jamal but he he um he said um we have the holy spirit living in us and as we approach this i put here like this racial situation and he says as we look for solutions moving forward we need to have the holy spirit influence our decision because if we um well, then I, I put like this little part, but if we do not have the Holy Spirit influence in our decision, then it's going to be influenced by the world. But anyway, he, he was, I guess he was reading from Ephesians 4, where I'm sure some of you guys were here with that message. But anyway, I thought that was really cool because I've, I'm, as I was listening to that, it was a little clip that you guys had online, but I realized that is what is happening to me. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit and... It's not that, you know, some people say, well, have you had racism happen to you? And I have stories. I have stories of even racial stuff happening to me in the church with people who I dearly love. But I had to allow the Holy Spirit in to start healing me and to start working on me. And that means I had to let down my pride. Same with my dad. We got to let go of the pride because there's this thing in us that want to justify, well, they did this and they, they've done that. And there's been stuff done to me. But guess what? There's things that you've done to people. There's things that I've done, even with my own heart, like response and the yeah. anger and the bitterness, the unforgiveness. And you know what I mean? Like that's not justified. So it's like the Lord needs to do work all around, you know, on those people who wronged us and on us. But really, we got to leave that part to God. Yes. 
And yes, conversations are important. You know, I'm speaking concerning this racial war intention. Conversations are important. I've had some personally with some of my leaders and some people who have wronged me, but they've listened, we've talked it out, they've prayed with me, I pray, and then I started to let things go. And I feel like sometimes um, those that's been wronged, I find that we hold on to those things a little longer and then we have the discussions and then it's just like we're still holding on to them and we gotta, we gotta let go. I feel like we've almost built like this comfort zone and being wounded. You know, we've built like this place and the Lord wants us whole and wants us free. And you know what I mean? Like, I feel good lately. Like even just not too long ago, I found myself texting and calling up people that some of them have wronged me. But I started calling them saying, hey, would you forgive me for anything that I've done? Or would you blah, blah, blah? You know, hey, I just want to bless you. Like I was like cash apping people and like my account was like almost down to You know what I mean? But I was just like people were calling me up. They was like, what? What's that for? I was like, I just want to bless you. That's all. And so I'm finding lately that the first thing I'm doing is saying, Lord, search my heart. Like you mentioned about the communion table. We took communion for 21 days. Um, one of our leaders, Richie Monaco, you guys know him. He had an encounter from the Lord that we were to take, you know, communion as a house and as a region. And it's a whole prophetic thing to it. But halfway through that 21 days like god just started to really go even deeper in me he started doing when the quarantine first happened but then he started going deeper could you imagine coming 21 days before the lord and taking communion you know what i mean i know there's some that take it every day but i took it for 21 days and and then you examine your own heart you know before you take the elements you know for forgiveness and stuff like that and anyway god has transformed me that now like the moment there's an issue with me and a brother or sister because they still happen and things happen in my heart, especially when I first when I drive into New York City, like I'm already tested with my heart. You know what I mean? And tested with things like that. But, you know, I am quick like to like, OK, Lord, work on me like I'm quick to ask the Lord mm -hmm. to deal with me. And I'm telling you guys, I want to encourage those that are watching that might be hurting, that might have dealt with racial tension and wars and dealing with things in your heart. Like I just. I'm not um, coming hard at you, but I just want to encourage you. Just try to allow the Holy Spirit to come into those areas and try to ask God to remove things in your heart first. Mm. And then when you start talking to your brother and sister, I feel like the conversation is not just going to be pointing the finger so much, but I feel like this, you're going to start seeing quicker results of healing and breakthrough and that's what we want and that's what i'm finding so i'm i'm somewhat trying to give some words of encouragement to say that's what i've been doing and i am finding that my heart has been more at peace and at rest as i am saying holy spirit work in me holy spirit remove those things in me you know what i mean so yeah amen